section forty masterpieces of negro eloquence edited by alice dunbar nelson this librivox recording is in the public domain a solution of the race problem by j milton waldron doctor of sacred theology j milton waldron doctor of divinity of washington d c noted as having erected and operated the first institutional church among negroes in america in jacksonville florida eighteen ninety to nineteen o seven that fearless able and broad-minded author of the negro and the sunny south a book by the way every american citizen should read samuel creed cross a white man of west virginia takes up an entire chapter in giving with the briefest comments even a partial list of the crimes committed by the whites of the south against the negroes during the author's recent residence of six months in the section last year eighty or ninety colored persons some of them women and children were murdered lynched or burned for the nameless crime for murder or suspected murder for barn burning for insulting white women and talking back to white men for striking an impudent white lad for stealing a white boy's lunch and for no crime at all unless it be a crime for a black man to ask southern men to accord him the rights guaranteed him by the constitution within the last twelve months georgia disfranchised her colored citizens by a constitutional subterfuge and florida attempted the same crime and within the same period almost every white secular newspaper and many of the religious journals of the south contained in every issue of their publications abusive and malicious articles concerning the negro in which they inflamed the whites against the brother in black and sought to justify the south in robbing him of his labor his self-respect his franchise his liberty and life itself many of the officials of southern states including numerous judges and not a few christian ministers helped or sanctioned these negro-hating editors and reporters in their despicable onslaught upon the negro while tens of thousands of white businessmen of the south fattened upon negro convict labor and the proceeds of the order system not satisfied with the wrongs and outrages she has heaped upon the colored people in her own borders the south is industriously preaching her wicked doctrine of negro inferiority negro suppression and negro oppression everywhere in the north east and west and yet in the face of this terrible record of crime against the liberty manhood and political rights and the life of the colored man which is being rewritten in the south every day there are those in high places who have the temerity to tell us that the southern people are the negro's best friends and that the negro problem is a southern problem and the south should be allowed to solve it in her own way without any interference on the part of the north the north and the south together stole the black man from his home in africa and enslaved him in this land and this whole nation has reaped the benefits of his two hundred 
and fifty years of unrequited toil and this whole nation must see to it that the black man is fully emancipated enfranchised thoroughly educated in heart head and hand and permitted to exercise his rights as a citizen and earn wherever and however he can an honest and sufficient living for himself his wife and children this the south cannot do alone and unaided nearly three millions of the ten million negroes in this country live north of mason and dixon's line and thousands of others are coming north and going west every month over four hundred thousand of the three millions mentioned above live in washington baltimore philadelphia new york st louis and chicago if the negro problem was ever a southern problem the colored brother has taken it with him into the north and the west and made it a national problem the light liberty and happiness of the black man and of the white man of this country are so wrapped up together that it is impossible to oppress the one without eventually oppressing the other the white man of the south was cursed by slavery as much almost as the black man whom he robbed of life liberty and virtue in many parts of the south to-day the masses of poor white men are no better off in any sphere of life than the colored people with the single exception that their faces are white the rights and liberties of the common people of this entire country have grown less secure and their ballots have steadily diminished in power while the colored man has been robbed of his franchise by the south the trusts and the favored classes of this country have seen the rights of millions of loyal black citizens taken from them by the south in open violation of the federal constitution and that with the indirect approval of the highest courts of the land and these trusts and interests have come to feel that constitutions and laws are not binding upon them and that the common people white and black have no rights which they are bound to respect the south alone cannot right these gigantic wrongs nor restore to the white people not to mention the negroes within her own borders the liberty and privileges guaranteed them by the constitution of the united states in discussing the south's attitude towards the colored man we seek only to hold up to scorn and contempt the spirit which pervades the majority of the people who live in that section and we desire to condemn only the men of the south who hate their fellow-men we wish to bear testimony now and here to the truth that there is an undercurrent in the south which is making for righteousness and that there are a few noble and heroic souls in every southern state who believe that the negro ought to be treated as a man and be given all the rights and privileges accorded to any other man this righteous spirit must however be encouraged and strengthened and the number of noble and fair-minded men and women in the south must be greatly augmented or the battle for human liberty and the manhood and political rights of both races and that section will never be won we beg to say that all the enemies of human rights in general and of the rights of black men in particular are not in the south the wrongs complained of by the negro in that section are for the most part the same as those bewailed by him in the north with this difference the northern negro's right to protest against the wrongs heaped upon him is less restricted and his means of protection and defence are more numerous in the north than in the south 
already in at least one state north of mason and dixon's line herculean efforts are being put forth to disfranchise the colored man by constitutional enactment the discrimination against a man on account of his color and the lynching of negroes and the burning of their houses by infuriated mobs of white men are not unheard of things in the north and west most of the labor unions of these sections are still close to the brother in black and most white workingmen in the northern and western states are determined that the negro shall not earn a living in any respectable calling if they can prevent it many of the newspapers north and west and a few right here in new york city often use their columns to misrepresent and slander the colored man and it was only last week when one of the highest courts in the empire state rendered a decision in which it justified discrimination against a man on the grounds of his color and his condition of servitude verily the negro problem is not a southern but a national problem many solutions for the negro problem have been proposed but to our mind there is one and only one practical and effective answer to the question in the first place we claim that the early friends of the negro grasped the true solution which is that his needs and possibilities are the same as those of the other members of the human family that he must be educated not only for industrial efficiency and for private gain but to share in the duties and responsibilities of a free democracy that he must have equality of rights for his own sake for the sake of the human race and for the perpetuity of free institutions america will not have learned the full lesson of her system of human slavery until she realizes that a rigid caste system is inimical to the progress of the human race and to the perpetuity of democratic government in the second place the negro must make common cause with the working class which to-day is organizing and struggling for better social and economic conditions the old slave oligarchy maintained its ascendancy largely by fixing a gulf between the negro slave and the white free laborer and the jealousies and animosities of the slave period have survived to keep apart the negro and the laboring white man powerful influences are at work even to-day to impress upon the negro the fact that he must look to the businessmen of the south alone for protection and recognition of his rights while at the same time these very same influences inflame the laboring white man against the black man with fears of social equality and race fusion the negro being a laborer must see that the cause of labor is his cause that his elevation can be largely achieved by having the sympathy support and cooperation of that growing organization of working men the world over which is working out the larger problems of human freedom and economic opportunity in the third place wherever in this country the negro has the franchise and whereby complying with requirements he can regain it let him exercise it faithfully and constantly but let him do so as an independent and not as a partisan for his political salvation in the future depends upon his voting for men and measures rather than with any particular party for two hundred and fifty years the black man of america toiled in the south without pay and without thanks he cleared her forests tunneled her mountains bridged her streams built her cottages and palaces enriched her fields with his sweat and blood nursed her children protected her women and guarded her homes from the midnight marauder the devouring flames and approaching disease and death the colored american willingly and gladly enlisted and fought in every war waged by this country from the first conflict with the indians to the last battle in cuba and the philippines when enfranchised he voted the rebellious states back into the union 
and from that day until this he has as a race never used his ballot unless corrupted or intimidated by white men to the detriment of any part of america when in power in the south though for the most part ignorant and just out of slavery and surrounded by vindictive ex-slave owners and mercenary corrupted and corrupting carpet-baggers he did what his former masters had failed for centuries to do he established the free school system erected asylums for the insane and indigent poor purged the statute books of disgraceful marriage laws and oppressive and inhuman labor regulations revised and improved the penal code and by many other worthy acts proved that the heart of the race was and is in the right place and that whenever the american negro has been trusted he has proven himself trustworthy and manly and when the colored man is educated and is treated with fairness and justice and is accorded the rights and privileges which are the birthright of every american citizen he will show himself a man among men and the race problem will vanish as the mist before the rising sun End of section forty